I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. My guest on Facing the Giants is Alexandros Papadopoulos, president of Athens, Greece-based Eteo Goods, which specializes in fine, handcrafted, ultra-premium products. Its flagship product, Drops of Blessing, is an ultra-premium extra virgin olive oil that's packaged in a drop-like vessel that's completely handcrafted of porcelain and olive wood. Eteo Goods is hoping to make its liquid gold olive oil a deep-rooted component of our daily lives, much like the Greeks have been doing for centuries. Welcome, Alexandros. Good to be here, Scott. I'm so excited to have you on. So, you know, before we jump into things, could you talk a little bit about your professional background before getting into the luxury olive oil business? Yes, yes. And it's actually a pretty surprising for many people I talk to because I was never involved in luxury or olive oil for that matter. I mm. uh, was actually a sales executive uh, in the technology sector. I had the chance uh, to work in both uh, big corporations, but also startups. And, and it's actually fun enough. I started my career in, in, in tech uh, with a small firm. We got, we got acquired by EMC Corporation, a giant at the time. So I continued working there and growing my career. And then uh, a few years later, EMC gets bought out by Dell for something like $67 billion. It was the biggest tech acquisition in history back right. then. So, so it, it was very fascinating to be working in both uh, small and, and large environments. And uh, two years ago, I decided to leave the, the corporate world in the middle of COVID. So couldn't get any better, right? <laughs> and then create my own company and focus on the luxury goods, of course. And that's how I uncovered Eteo. And that's how I made my first acquisition and start. So olive oil is one of those kitchen staples that virtually everyone has, but it's not necessarily a business that everyone can get into. How did you come upon Ateo Goods and its flagship olive oil brand? And where did you actually see the business potential in acquiring the company? Yeah, it was actually quite uh, fortuitous, I want to say, because I first saw that brand in one of our hotels, uh, the hotel partners we work with which is Hotel Grand Bretagne. It's uh, perhaps the most um, iconic hotel in Greece, uh, very mm -hmm. old and historic. And uh, I think it must have been like four or five years ago that I was just touring around and I and I saw the bottle and I was just very fascinated, but I didn't think of anything business-wise, right? I just admired the bottle and everything. And two years ago in the middle of COVID, uh, through a friend of mine, I found out that the company is up for sale and I asked him if he can introduce me to the founder. And at the time, it was very interesting because there were another two companies that were looking to acquire them. And I was kind of the last uh, man standing, so to speak. Right. But we had such an amazing conversation with the founder who was always so passionate about it. And his dream was to bring it to the United States. And both of the other um, companies that were looking to acquire them were, were, bo were both in, in Greece, right? So he saw a better fit to go with me than the other two because of the fact that I am here in the United States. And we really kind of hit it off uh, both on a personal level, but also business. And really what I always admired in luxury are brands that really have three key elements, a great story, a very high quality uh, craftsmanship and, and product, mm -hmm. as well as a vision to be excellent at what they do. And when I first saw the bottle and Eto as a brand, and I continued to do more due diligence, right, when we were about to acquire them, I really saw a huge fit in all three categories. And I thought to myself, what a great way to start my, my uh, holding company and also focus in a business that is 
very underestimated, I want to say, because olive oil is only a $17 billion industry worldwide. It's tiny. Right. But also it's becoming so much more popular than what it used to be. And so I thought to myself, I will try to get Eto, no matter what it takes, get it to become mine. And also try to position the brand entirely differently than all the other brands um, uh, use as their business model. And that's why that's how I kind of found out about the, the brand. And so a huge fit to bring it to the United States because uh, the United States is a huge luxury market and people really respect and love getting their hands on very, very premium products. Yeah, and olive oil has existed as a quintessential component of Mediterranean cuisine throughout the ages. It really only became popular in the United States in the 1990s. And like I said, olive oil has become prevalent in almost everyone's kitchen. Ateo positions itself as a luxury olive oil, aside from the luxurious packaging, which you talked about. What makes it a luxury olive oil, aside from the packaging? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are a few reasons why. I mean, first and foremost, right, I'd be remiss if I didn't emphasize on the fact that we are a certified organic company, and that's the only thing that we do. We only have two SKUs, right, a big and a small bottle, and that's the only thing we produce. We don't do flavored olive oils or we blend, right? And we have actually been working with the same farmers for a very long time who only produce about five tons a year. So we make sure that we buy their entire production every single year for many years now, right? And why is that important? That is important because our variety, which is called Koroneiki, it's one of the most uh, world-renowned uh, varieties, very well known for their rich and aromatic flavors, uh, is a single blend, right? We do not do blending or mix different varieties that many other brands do to increase output. We say to our, to our consumers, and that's our business model, that we can only produce this much. We can go more, we can go less, right? And of course, climate change, which I'm sure we'll talk uh, later on, it has a direct uh, correlation with how much of our, of our output will be produced every year, Yeah. right? And aside from that, right, from a harvesting standpoint, we only do it by mechanical means. We always cold press. And what's really nice about Eteo and our process is that we actually have every new vintage passes um, a chemical analysis, which is very rigorous, and we, we pass it twice because we want to make sure that not only from an acidity standpoint, uh, ETO is very low. And what I mean by that, and it's quite interesting because not a lot of people know the importance of the acidity levels, right? Acidity basically tells you how great of a quality the olive oil has. And ours is always very low. I mean, two years ago, we were at 0.15%. And just to put things in perspective, the certification requirement for extra virgin olive oils is 0.8, right? Mm -hmm. So as you can see, we're very, very low, well below that standard, right? And what really makes Eteo unique is the taste. Many of our clients love the taste, the, the taste of the, the, the pepperiness, the bitterness, all the fruitiness levels are very well balanced. That's why a lot of our clients call us liquid gold. So they like to refer us as that because of the taste, it doesn't burn their throat. So from that standpoint, our, our quality is also very high. So in the last couple of years, I've noticed a widespread proliferation of different olive oil brands. Companies like Brightland, Graza, and Cordo have taken over the marketing space, pushing themselves as luxurious modern versions of your standard olive oils for cooking. What makes Eteo different from these other luxury olive oils that have sort of come onto the scene in the past couple of years? 
Yeah, that's that's a great question, Scott. And first of all, I just want to say that we never recommend cooking with Airtel. I mean, it's a very high quality product, right? That is very limited in its production output. So the two best ways that I recommend um, using Airtel is either with a teaspoon in the morning. Uh, that's an ancient remedy, right? As uh, olive oil, as you know, is an anti-inflammatory, natural antioxidant. So it's it's actually great for your health to take it on an empty stomach in the morning. Right. Uh, and the second way would be to use it as a garnishing element, if you will, right? Finishing touch for many of the dishes. So I do not recommend cooking with it or frying with it because it's just heat is a one of the biggest enemies of olive oil. So you would ruin a lot of the, the, the elements. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about why I think many other brands are trying to move up the trend and, and upwards in the luxury pyramid, if you will. Yep. And I think that is because of the demand for olive oil that has now kind of skyrocketed in the last two years. A lot of companies, big brands, right, are trying to capitalize on that momentum. But I think just raising the price and not changing anything about your product aside from its vintage doesn't necessarily make you a luxury olive oil, right? As you know, I mean, you're an expert, Scott, in, in the luxury markets, right? This, this, in order for you to be called a luxury brand, everything from start to finish needs to meet the highest standards and also have a great story. Yeah. So whether it's from the packaging or the olive oil itself, the uniqueness of it, even distribution, where you sell your products, right? All of those things need to be in line. And that's really where we pride ourselves. I mean, just from the story alone or the name, which means genuine in ancient Greek, right? And that's kind of our whole inspiration behind it. The packaging, the limited quantities that we produce, the production process, which is so important for us, right? From start to finish to ensure it's of the highest standards, as well as where we sell the product, our distribution means all those things are of utmost importance to us. That's why I think a lot of other brands are just trying to raise their price so they can increase their margin profiles, but that's not necessarily making a difference in their whole uh, story or, or vision. I want to talk about the packaging. So the bottles that hold Ateo olive oil do not look like traditional olive oils. In fact, it looks like a beautiful keepsake porcelain sculpture in the shape of a drop that doesn't belong in a kitchen cabinet, but more on a shelf for people to see. So what was the inspiration for the packaging and presentation in the first place? Yeah, that's another great question. And I'm always so passionate about this one because it, it has, we have so many different points that we brought to life in order to bring this creation to life. Uh, first of all, I'll start with the name. So Eto, as I said, is ancient, it's an ancient Greek word for genuine or pure. So kind of our whole inspiration when we were designing the, the bottle and the brand itself was to create the one and only olive oil that comes 100% from the earth, that is pure, that's genuine, right? That's a keepsake bottle that you'll keep forever in your kitchen counter or your, your living room. So as a result, the, the vase itself is far from traditional. I mean, I would say maybe 99% of all the other brands use glass uh, bottles, so that's mass reduced. And Eto, the, the vase is made out of porcelain and the cup is made out of olive wood, which some of our trees actually go back almost 500 years old. So they have such a unique story to tell and every cup is unique with different patterns from the next, bring, making our product one of its kind, right? So every client will have the one and only. So I want to make the claim that Eto is the only bottle in the world that's 100% handmade from start to finish. 
right? We do not use any automated processes or mass production lines. Everything, even the engravings are made by hand one by one. And as you just mentioned, the, the drop shape bottle, that was really an inspiration. And this is where our tagline uh, was, was um, kind of created from, right? The, the drop of an olive. So that is why our, um, uh, our tagline is, is drops of blessing. So who, who's your core customer? Who would this appeal to a luxury olive oil? What's their profile? We've made the conscious decision and I know it goes with a lot of, uh, it goes against a lot of different other mindsets in the luxury world, but we do not sell Ete online. I mean, people call us crazy because the demand is there, but we are continuing to grow the brand without selling online. So really our core customers are, are, are a few. So we sell through our authorized retailer network, which comprises of high-end hotels and restaurants. I mean, we have partnerships with the Four Seasons in Fort Lauderdale with Rich Carlton and Kibis Kane. So big names behind our brand. Uh, and aside from John George also, right, he carries our product at the team building mm -hmm. in Manhattan. He's a big advocate of Eto, which uh, we're very honored uh, because he's an iconic chef. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we have also, believe it or not, done a lot of business in the corporate gifting world. I mean, the corporate gifting industry is uh, going to be at about $306 billion uh, from an AMO standpoint by 2024. So it's a huge market. And many of our clients, which are either banks or wealth management firms, uh, financial institutions, uh, real estate brokerages, were actually one of the uh, one of Douglas Elements partners that we became about a month ago. Mm -hmm. So we have now the unique opportunity to position our product and Eto to all their brokers and their agents who want to gift this to new homeowners, right, or their clients. So really, because it's so beautiful and it serves many purposes. Uh, the corporate gifting industry has been very uh, a, a great market to attack because many of the firms we work with have discerning clients who really appreciate products like this. So those, those are two, are, uh, those, those two are, are, are kind of our core customers, if you will. Nutrition experts tout olive oil as a health-conscious component of your meal. Olive oil is linked with a range of health benefits from lowered blood pressure, to reducing inflammation. I, I was just reading Starbucks recently announced that they're mixing olive oil into their coffee drinks. I think this is in Milan. Olive oil mm -hmm. is mixed into ice cream, whisked into chocolate cake, and dripped onto dirty martinis. Are you aiming to motivate consumers to use Ateo olive oil in all facets of their daily life? Absolutely. I mean, as a very high quality extra virgin olive oil, and because of all the undeniable facts now, as they relate to the health benefits of olive oil, right? One can really use olive oil everywhere. I mean, I am sure that um, Howard Salt, right? I mean, he is a tremendous businessman and for him to even consider putting olive oil in his coffees, he knew something, right? And I read a lot of his interviews where people were asking him this, the similar question as you do. It, he really wanted to capitalize on those health benefits of volleyball and not only that but he also wanted to innovate i think innovation is critical in whatever business and industry you're in so because oliveoil has tremendous not only health properties but also a rich flavor and a very balanced taste a taste it can enhance pretty much any flavor so i actually have not tasted oleata yet i don't think it's it's yet available in new york but i'm very curious to see how it's going to taste like, but 
for me, I'm all about the Mediterranean diet. I mean, I was born and raised in Greece, right? And all I knew all my life was olive oil. So right. I really do want to to educate our clients and, and people about the benefits and, and, and urge them to use Eteo in pretty much all their facets of their everyday uh, life. It's only going to work to their to their advantage. What has been key to your expansion strategy in the United States in the last couple of years? Like what markets are you targeting? Primarily as a luxury brand, I mean, we are targeting the high-end markets. Uh, we have been in, uh, we have been very busy in New York and New York City, as well as Miami. We are also looking to expand to Los Angeles, right? We are very careful on how we expand and the partners we choose because our product cannot be everywhere. And certainly it's not a fit for everyone and we are not a fit for everyone's use, right? So it takes time to evaluate those new partners. But seeing the demand since our expansion here two years ago has been very overwhelming, which I am certainly very happy about. So as the brand is becoming more well-known and our presence uh, online is becoming more well-known, I'm sure there's going to be other markets that are, that are going to open up. So how can these consumers hear about the story and actually experience the product? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, a big focus of ours is is growing our social media presence, right? And and doing very creative videos and and taking a lot of great content. But a key initiative that we've been focused on this year has been doing has been tastings. So we actually have been working with a lot of partners of ours, whether it's the team building by Zone Source or the Four Seasons or doing other partnerships with. Uh, we've even done a partnership with the fragrance brand, and we bring their clients and our clients together to create not only a synergy, but also educate them and have them taste Eto, whereby we can also sell them afterwards um, the product, uh, they can acquire it, but also further educate them and create those memorable experiences. For us, it's all about creating experiences, right? We do not want to just push product because this is not what we, we, we want to do. We want to serve our clients. And we do that by having those tastings throughout the United States. I was actually in Miami last week and I was just so excited and so honored because we did a exclusive tasting with an iconic Swiss um, watch brand called F.P. Zorn. Mm -hmm. And what an incredible brand that was, right? And we had the opportunity to bring 20 of their collectors together and have a tasting menu around Eteo and educate them what, ma what makes our brand very unique, not only from a craftsmanship standpoint, but also from a quality, our, our brand, our, just everything all coming together. It's, it was such an, amazing, it's such an amazing event. So this is how we've been focused on, on um, this is what we've been focused on education-wise through those yeah. tastings. Yeah, and you've been working with some great global partners and clients, um, you know, Rolls-Royce Enthusiast Club, the St. James House Media Group and others. How are you working with these different partners? Because they're very diverse. Yeah, and that's one of the beautiful things about working in luxury and what makes me really excited about growing our brand is, is reaching out and, and doing those types of partnerships with other brands that have nothing to do with olive oil, right? Yeah. I mean, the Rolls-Royce Enthusiast Club, it's, a, it's, it's an exclusive club in the UK, which is officially, officially licensed by Rolls-Royce uh, motor cars, and they hold the biggest collection of, of records of Rolls-Royce and Bentley cars. So they reached out to us in 2018 and they made us lifetime partner. And we were able to participate in their annual Concourse d'Elegance rally, 
which is the largest gathering of Rolls Royce and Bentley cars. And we had the opportunity to showcase our product and educate their, their guests and whoever wanted to acquire our, our product to, to do so. And that's really what I'm focused on too, whether we do partnerships with companies like FP Zorn or, or, or Four Seasons or the Tin Building, right? It's for us, it's all about creating those unique type of experiences for people to get further education on the benefits of olive oil, but also learn about our brand and become a, become a client. So like the oil that comes from the ground, olive oil is a globally traded commodity with events in one part of the world reverberating far away. The prices for extra virgin olive oil have spiked to fresh records over the last few years as extreme weather in Spain, Italy, and Greece have crimped supplies. It's become like liquid gold, literally. I've been reading about olive oil thieves, in fact, how has it impacted your business? I mean, this this has been a crazy year, honestly, and one of the most difficult uh, years in the olive oil history, actually. Um, the, the I mean, all the droughts that have occurred throughout Spain and Italy, slashing their outputs by 50 or close to 60%, which is incredible, right? I mean, that lack of supply has resulted in those extreme price spikes, mm -hmm. the likes of which we have never seen. And it's, it's funny, I was doing a little bit of research because I was also curious around the historical figures. And just to let you know on the price per ton difference, so the, 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 the biggest historical figure in the olive oil industry, pricing-wise, has been in 1996, where the price per ton was about $6,242. And right now, this year, in August, the price per ton for olive oil reached almost $9,000. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a huge increase. The, the, it's about 75% since 2021. So that's, that has been crazy. But thankfully, our specific business, um, as well as our production, has not been affected by droughts. And I'm very happy to announce that the quality and the output this year is going to be the same as last year and the year before. I'm very happy about But I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it was an incredible year. And climate change in general, it's a huge concern for our business. Yeah, I was going to say, have your olive growers introduced new methods into their farming operation to combat climate change? Yeah, so what we have been doing uh, for as long as I can remember is that we use actually a lot of sensors throughout our farm. Yeah. Uh, and that is to not only monitor the high uh, rising temperatures and try to prevent anything, you know, those wildfires from happening, right, to be on standby but also measure the humidity levels. And aside from that, which is something very interesting that not a lot of people know, is that also part of the climate change is uh, insects and different flies from going on the actual fruits and eating it. So we have actually now implemented uh, uh, sensors for that particular reason as well. And aside from those existing technologies we, we have put in place, because of all the droughts this year, right, the European Union has announced new measures as well as programs that are going to be implemented and Greece being one of the top countries for, for olive oil uh, exporting wise has now starting to roll out those types of programs and federal funds for companies that are going to be using technological means to, to prevent or try to fight climate change. So definitely as they roll out, we are looking to apply for those uh, grants and, and, and those programs. I was reading that the United States consumes 360,000 to 380,000 metric tons of olive oil, which represents 35% of imports in the world. I think it was actually higher in the previous year. 
the consumption of olive oil in the U.S. is a little higher than one kilo or 33 ounces per capita. It's an important number, but still very low compared to markets like Italy and Greece, where they consume from 10 to 15 kilos per capita. How can brands and producers play a more active role in increasing consumption and household penetration of olive oil? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think as in every industry, education is critical to the success. Um, the What I think that a lot of uh, producers and brands can do is participate in uh, different clinical studies. I mean, I, I was reading about a, uh, about a study that was done by the Harvard School of Public Health last year, where they interviewed about 60,000 women, and they were trying to, between the 1990s and now, and they were trying to figure out what was the low risk of dying from dementia. That was mm -hmm. one of the, the risks. And they found out that women that were using uh, more than one tablespoon of olive oil a day at the end of the study had 29% low risk of dying from dementia, which is an incredible figure, yeah. right? And that, so I think participating in clinical studies like that or working with professors or, or doctors who are well-versed in that subject can really help spread that knowledge to people who are not very familiar with olive oil. Now, aside from that, I think the, the, the rapid increase of, of new platforms like TikTok, right? So social media awareness is critical for, for, for brands and, and producers. They're, they're actually, it's very interesting. There, there are some olive oil shots uh, videos that um, are actually blowing up out of pro proportion. They have received more than a billion views on are TikTok. These, are these olive oil influencers? Yeah, they're either influencers <laughs> or people just advocating right. on the benefits and taking a shot of olive oil every day and right. trying to tell people that, oh, this is what happened to me after 30 days, right? So those have been kind of blowing up. And I think the last thing that I'm very focused on, as, as I've said, right, is partnerships and just in general, just to innovate. People want to see and feel and experience different things, especially in the luxury market. So either doing something like, like Starbucks did, right, with olive oil and coffee, or working with influencers, influencers and, and actors who are very big and followed by millions of people, create those types of meaningful relationships and collaborations can really help it just increase the penetration of olive oil in the U.S., but also the consumption of it. Much like other consumer products and food industries, sustainable practices or sustainability initiatives of olive oil producers appear to have increased steadily. Consumers want to know where products came from, who made it, and were those people paid a living wage. What is Ateo's sustainability story? I want to I, I want to answer that in in two parts. First, I want to talk about our product, right? As a certified organic company, the the we absolutely use no chemicals whatsoever. Right. As I said in the beginning, the, the, our vintages are quite small, so we have to abide by all the certifications and the requirements by BioLS, which is the, the governing body of Greece that gives those certifications. Right. And we have to renew that license annually. And we have a lot of inspections that, uh, that are done on, on random points. Right. So on, on, from a product standpoint, what we use and all our all, all our requirements and the certifications um, really fit the highest of standards. But also from the social sustainability standpoint, as I as I said at some point throughout the podcast, we have been working with same farmers 
for many, many years. And we ensure that they are always paid more than living wage. And those farmers also have health insurance as well as a pension, right? We want to create that sense of community. For us, we are not in the business of huge outputs and, and, and creating thousands and thousands and thousands of bottles, right? For profiteering, we do not do that. So we are all about creating a sense of community whereby people can understand where the product comes from, right? And the regions, as well as pay living wages to those people who are working so hard to create some, such an important product for our everyday life, right? So there are actually online training modules that those farmers are required to take every year to ensure that they're very up to date with all the, the production processes from start to finish. Right, so this this sustainability story for us is so crucial, not only from a product standpoint, but also from the social standpoint. So, how would you like to see the brand grow in the next five years? Yeah, that's nobody know nobody knows and nobody can tell the future. But yeah. I, I all I can say is that we have been in the United States only two years and the brand is growing very fast through our partnerships and our, our retailers that are carrying the product. I mean, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of plans for Eto that go far beyond olive oil itself. Uh, I think in the next five years, I'd like to see us growing and continue to grow in EMEA as well as APJ. Uh, APJ actually has seen a tremendous uptick in uh, olive oil consumption with mm -hmm. many brands expanding there. So I think this is a key market that I would like to target. Uh, and then, as I said, as the brand is becoming more well known as 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 a luxury player, I'd like to expand and and extend our product selection beyond olive oil. But I mean, time will tell. I cannot uh, I, I cannot promise that we will be expanding those product sets by that time. But all I want to focus on right now is is growing our name and educating people on what makes us unique and just sharing the the Eto story around. Alexandros Papadopoulos, president of Ateo Goods. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much, Scott, for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Facing the Giants. Please tell a friend about the show. Now that you know this show, go check out my other podcast, The Luxury Item. It's a podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the industry. You can find the luxury item wherever you found this podcast. Facing the Giants is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'll be back soon with another episode.